life presents us these opportunities to, to trust, to listen, to be courageous. And sometimes we fall over and we land on our face and sometimes we land somewhere much more beautiful. everybody, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential and, of course, have some fun along the way. We are back for episode two of this week's Turning the Page series. If you are just joining us, hey, hello, welcome, happy to have you here. The annual Turning the Page series is when I sit down with some of your favorite guests from the last 365 to chat about what lessons they're bringing with them into the new year. Each guest gives us some highlights from their past year. They offer up a word that they're focusing on in the new year and then share some advice on how to move through the next 52 weeks with grace and a positive outlook. We kicked things off yesterday with the one and only Kira D'Amato and today I am electrified. I was trying to use an adjective that wasn't just excited, electrified (laughs) to bring my friend Minaj Diaz back to the show. Minaj is the co-founder of Open. He's also their vice president of mindfulness, plus an author. His debut book, Still Together, sitting on my coffee table as I record this. Open, as you may know, is one of the sponsors of Hurdle. I met Minaj when I was out in Los Angeles at the beginning of last year. And man, we connect on how much has happened since that time, what's new and exciting that's going on for Open. And it's kind of funny for me as I edited and listened to this through because it was the second time that I listened to his voice today. I have been meditating and doing breath work with the Open app now for, gosh, probably about six months. And it is the first time through using this app that I have been able to keep up with a regular breathwork practice. They are currently doing a 30-day challenge over there, and I would highly encourage you to check it out. If you want a free 30 days, I've got the hookup for you. Head on over to withopen.com slash hurdle. Again, that is withopen.com slash hurdle. Anyway, Minaj, so many, so many, so many great takeaways in today's episode with a theme of resilience and showing up when life feels tough to make some pretty big decisions. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And if you're listening to this in real time, a few spots left for tomorrow night's goal setting workshop. Link to join is in the show notes. Today, I am sitting down with my friend, Minaj Diaz. He is the co-founder and vice president of mindfulness at Open. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing really good. It's nice to be back in the hot seat with you. 
<laughs> back in the hot seat. I know the last time we got together, I feel like it was one of the first we're getting back into the groove. We're doing this in person situations. And it was just so special for me to have the opportunity to sit down with you IRL in uh, over in Los Angeles. So this is a little bit farther than I would like, but I'll take it. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame. Last time we had you in our studio and it was the first, I think, and only podcast I've done in our studio. So it's nice to to be with you again and on your on your terms this time. <laughs> appreciate you. Appreciate you. So give us the rundown. Talk to me about what has been going on in your world since we last spoke. Well, end of January. Um I mean, so much, right? Like so much on a, on a personal and professional level. Uh, on a professional level, we've been scaling our digital app, which has been going really great. We've been recruiting lots of teachers because we're about to open a studio in Venice. And then we're building one in Miami, which has been a lot of fun. And then also lots of travel. Like I've been doing a lot of interviews and, and podcasts this year. So getting out to places like Austin and places out in Florida, I'm kind of still like a deer in the headlights moving and navigating through the US. So anytime I get to go anywhere, I'm, I'm super excited. So um, it's been a lot, but it's also been really, really tiring. I think I realized that and maybe a lot of people can resonate with this. When you love something, when you're really passionate about something, uh, your body gives you a yes straight away to most opportunities. But then you have to really check in with yourself and, and notice your energy levels. Uh, and it's something that I constantly get caught up in is I, I forget like how much I love what I do, but then I'm also exhausted to the point where I sometimes get burnt out, which um, I know is not great for a VP of mindfulness, but that's the reality. <laughs> <laughs> At least it starts with being honest with yourself, right? And I think that's a really important point is that just because you have to say no to something, that might not mean and that won't mean necessarily no forever. It just might be you again, as you're saying, being honest about your bandwidth and then moving forward from there. Maybe it's a not right now, you know? Yeah, agree. And I think it's also paying a lot of attention to the physical feeling of, of your experience. And, you know, something that I've had to really work on over the last five years is really, first of all, listening to my body and, and noticing what it's saying, and then actually taking a decision based on what I'm feeling. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my work is constantly trusting what my body is telling me to do. Yeah. So it seems like that was a really big lesson for you in 2022. When you think about the last 365, what else comes to mind in terms of lessons that you were really taking to heart over the past year? Yeah, I think there's um, there's a lot of personal lessons, you know, outside of like my work that I've been really navigating. Um, you know, this last year, I lost my mother. That's like the first um close family member um, that I've lost. Um, that was a really big uh, learning lesson for me. Um, I think anytime you, you come into contact with loss and, and grief, it really begins to, to shape how you look at the world. And uh, for me, that, that lesson of, of losing my mom really showed me one thing around, you know, what's really important in your life. And I'd like to think I'm pretty mindful of what's really important of my life throughout throughout my day. But, you know, you get caught up in in things that you realize ultimately don't really mean that much. And you start to reevaluate where you allocate your time in terms of what I learned from that experience was to 
really value and cherish and savor the, the time I have with my close people, check in on them, um, tell them I love them, don't wait uh, to, to do that. Uh, and also, you know, coming back, just recognizing how, how lucky I am to, to have what I have. Um, the, this body, this career, these friends, these privileges. So that's probably the biggest lesson uh, that I learned this year was to, to really just hunker down and, and focus on what matters. Is it challenging at times to find that balance between focusing maybe on what matters and what's important to you, but also execute on things that you may more so have to do? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you get to a stage, you know, I, I just turned 40 and for me, uh, there's a realization that the things that I have to do and the things that I want to do, like, it's probably time that I start to make them kind of similar. Right. Um, and we don't all have that luxury or privilege for sure, but I think the older you get saying no is probably the greatest superpower that you have because you can really honor that. And sometimes we have to do things because we have to make a living. You know, I do things because of work that I may not always choose to do. But um, there is a balance for sure between doing what has to get done and then doing what's what's deeply personal and meaningful. Definitely, definitely. So when you think also about the past year, you're someone who definitely has some rituals, some habits in your life that are meaningful to you. What would you say is perhaps a new habit that you've picked up over the last year that you've seen to be really beneficial? Oh, well, there's been two. One is this really new concept for me. It's called cardio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, my family uh, has uh, heart, heart disease is in the family. And so um, I had a few health scares in the back end of last year. And um, this year I was like, I need to get fit and healthy. And all I've ever really done is lift weights or do yoga. I'm not much of a runner, you know, I haven't done much else. And uh, I just started doing like cardio. I was like using YouTube for a little while and then like different apps. And um, there's a lot of research that I looked into around, you know, stimulating your heart rate uh, early on in the day and how that influences the rest of your day. And it had like, and like I would only do 20 or 30 minutes straight after meditating uh, and it really changed the complexion of my day. And so now integrating that more holistically into my routine, like three days a week has been really beneficial. Uh, and the second thing is an afternoon breathwork practice. Um, breathwork, something that I've been teaching for about three or four years. I used to do it more sporadically. Um, you know, I would I do it every day when I meditate, but it's a very gentle form of practice. I would do more of an activating, like a, a sympathetic activating um, breathwork practice in the afternoons around three or four o'clock and it replaced like my afternoon coffee. And so I found that to be really helpful as well. So those two routines are probably the, the ones that have had the most impact on me. I love that phrase, the complexion of my day. That's like really great. I'm going to try to use that in a sentence. ASAP. Because so many people look to you, you know, like I listen to open regularly. I use the app every single day. For me, I look to you and I'm like, oh, well, this is my, you know, this is my guy. Like he must have it all together. Do you feel pressure sometimes to have it all together? Because you're talking about something that other people may not think twice about cardio, but they can't do breath work. Like it just feels like a coming together, a recognition of the give and take, right? 
Yeah, I think you know it comes with the territory. Um, I remember once in Australia, maybe four years ago, I was getting a beer with a friend, and someone's like, huh? "My meditation teacher drinks beer," and I was like, uh, "I mean, I have one every now and again." And it was like I, I was really in my head about the whole experience. I was like, "Holy shit! Like, am I doing the wrong thing?" And I think over the years, I've kind of learned that it just kind of comes with the territory and how I've uh, approached my life is through this sense of balance and curiosity and exploration, which are all elements of mindfulness. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think the, the older I get, I have to take care of my physical well-being as much as I have to take care of my, my mental well-being. Definitely. What would you say has been one of the biggest hurdles for you? I know you spoke about the loss of your mother, but aside from that, what else was challenging for you in 2022? Trying to really understand what it is I want from my life. I mean, that was the the other big exploration. Um, you know, before mum passed away, I had a, I, w- I was in a long-term relationship and then that ended. And, you know, it felt like, oh, I had this sense of what I thought I wanted after that relationship ended uh, with my life. You know, I wanted big experiences. I wanted to to have freedom. I wanted to have all of these things that I had a taste of for, for 18 months. And this included with, you know, different work opportunities and things like that. Uh, but when mum passed away, there was a kind of recognition of how impermanent a lot of those experiences are and how, you know, ultimately at the end of my life, I wish to be surrounded by kids, my kids, <laughs> uh, my family. Um, I want to have a peaceful life. And the way I think the things that I was searching for and the things that I were chasing weren't really in alignment with that. So I I started to to develop more of a long-term perspective and a long-term mindset, whereas before I had a very narrow mindset. And so really understanding what my heart wanted was was a big exploration. You know, do I really want um, these shiny temporary things or do I want something that feels more nourishing and sustainable that might take a longer time? And um, listening to the heart was, was a really big practice for me because I don't think I... I have done it so intensely as I did the last, you know, 14, 14 months. Yeah. So many of us can certainly relate to that. I know I can this, this concept of head versus heart, right? For Mm -hmm. someone who hears your story and wants to be a little bit more perhaps intuitive in 2023, what advice would you have to offer them? Well, first, there's two stages to that. First is the listening. Then there is the, the action that precedes that. The, the listening, for me, always comes from the body. And the, the body, for me, is a place that I haven't existed in for a long period of time. And what I mean by that is I had a, a lot of anxiety you know, growing up as a child. I had a whole host of mental, mental health issues uh, in my adolescence. And there was a disconnection between my head and my, and my body. And... As a result of that, there was a disconnection between me and my intuition or me and this connection to my gut, as they say. And so I had to reestablish that. I had to reestablish that by noticing throughout my day what I was feeling and not bringing my mind and my cognition into that experience is to just check in like, okay, am I feeling anxious in this conversation as an example? And like, where do I feel that anxiety? Oh, it's in my chest. Okay. Like, 
What does that feel like? What does that look like? What is that? Does it have a shape? Does it have a color? And all of these little exercises just build a, a sense of connection with our feeling world. And when we have that sense of connection with our feeling world, over time, we can start to, to notice what messages the feeling world is communicating to us. And so now, you know, when I'm in the presence of someone and I feel really safe, I can feel that, you know, I'm like, oh, I feel really safe with you we've chatted a couple of times now so it's like oh she's like a homie it feels like very easy and, and safe and so that's that's a message that my body is is sending but for many people and myself included we don't have that ability to first become aware of what our body is connecting to so that takes a lot of work the second stage is to trust what our body is saying right uh, if my body is saying okay you know leave this relationship or go for this job or take this opportunity um, it takes a, a lot of work to and courage to actually listen to that. So um, that is trial and error, and that is really trusting your own innate talents and ability. So for people that are listening, first listen, and then when your body's communicating to you, it might not be the message that you thought that you wanted to hear, but then have the courage to act on it is what I would say. Courage is is a really big part of that, right? Because I'm thinking about what you're saying and really taking from it uh, a similar lesson that I had over the past year, which was to really pay attention again to how I feel when I leave people. And I do agree that it takes a certain level of courage to admit to yourself that maybe you feel different now than you used to. Acknowledging that respecting that and then like making an informed decision that is what you need based on that information. Again, challenging. And that is a thing that comes hand in hand as we get older, right? Our relationships ebb and flow. And so to show up to that challenge and to show up for yourself within that challenge, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing to do. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's part of the, the beautiful, that's the beautiful aspect of our lives that we're constantly invited to, to become bigger versions of ourselves. And um, I think that's, that's part of it is that you know, life presents us these opportunities to, to trust, to listen, to be courageous. And sometimes we fall over and we land on our face and sometimes we land somewhere much more beautiful. But I think getting familiar with this part of our experience enables us to feel like it's not it's not such a leap next time you know like we've done something hard we know we've, we can we can survive that so next time it becomes easier and easier taking a break to tell you about this series first sponsor future now if you are a dedicated listener you've heard me rave about my experience with the future app a new way to get fully customized personal training that revolves all around you no matter what gets you moving you'll find the guidance motivation and accountability to push beyond your comfort zone because going beyond your limits requires a roadmap and a trusted co-pilot Speaking of trusty co-pilots, I have been working with my guy Brandon for, goodness, it feels like forever, but actually three months now. And today we had a lovely conversation about how it's going to feel for me to lift the heaviest dumbbells in my gym. Seriously. I love Open because it offers me customized programming in the palm of my hand. Plus, it also keeps me super accountable. Whether you need tips for sleeping well the night before a race or nutrition advice after setting a deadlift PR, your coach is there to lift you up. 
This deal I'm about to tell you, it is unreal. You've got a 30-day risk-free trial, absolutely free, waiting for you. Just head on over to tryfuture.com slash hurdle. Again, that is tryfuture.com slash hurdle to get 30 days free of personal training. Personal training made modern only on Future. Also got to give some love to my friends at Whoop. Now it is officially January, which means most of you out there have just started working on a goal for 2023. I will be using Whoop this year to track my goal, which is to add in more strength training and ultimately beat this nagging plantar fasciitis so I can tackle my next marathon. Whoop is a fitness tracker that monitors all the conventional fitness metrics you'd expect, but also specializes in tracking personalized recovery and sleep data. Think of it as a coach on your wrist, providing you with detailed breakdowns of your sleep and recovery, along with how you can improve both. It also suggests personalized daily activity levels based on your recovery. Whoops also just released a new feature called Trends, where you're able to see the progress you're making on a weekly and monthly basis. Whether you're looking to get in shape, improve your recovery or sleep, or something else, Whoop has made it super easy to track your progress, even during those moments where you get a little bit discouraged. Trust me, we have all been there. Start tracking your health, wellness, and fitness at a deeper level today. Head on over to join.whoop.com slash emilyabody to try out Whoop risk-free for 30 days. Again, join.whoop.com slash E-M-I-L-Y-A-B-B-A-T-E to try Whoop free for 30 days. All you've got to do is pay shipping. Let's get back to the episode. To your point, you don't land somewhere if you don't take off first, right? So just that journey of starting can truly be uh, a lesson within itself to empower you to go after that next big challenge. Now, as you said at the top of this, open in expansion mode, opening up, huh, no pun intended, uh, <laughs> studio space outside of where you already are. Uh, what would you say in this, you know, these early phases still has been one of uh, perhaps the biggest takeaways you've had? Uh, as a leader of, of the company, um, it's kind of remembering once again, and I, and I lost this for about a year. Um, it's remembering that people want to be seen above anything else. Uh, people really, especially people that report to you and staff and students, they just really want to be seen. And I think I, in the last 12 months, was really so caught up in the work of it and the stress of it that, you know, I would show up to a meeting and I'd just be stressed out and people would look at me and they were like, oh, he looks angry today or he looks grumpy today. Um, they wouldn't know the context behind it. And so I think um, the lesson for me is to, as as a leader, and I think we're all leaders, even if we don't necessarily lead anyone, um, we have that capacity, that lead, innate leadership within us. It's when whoever we interact with is just to, to show, show up with compassion and to show up with authenticity and to look people in the eye and to genuinely ask them how they're doing because those micro moments add up to being so much for someone, you know, for, for people that might walk through this life and feel like no one really sees them. And to have someone really just 
take a moment to smile and look at them in the face can be a, a tremendously um, uplifting moment. So I think that that's a, a big lesson that I learned over the last 12 months. And the second thing is probably to to really always focus on my on my well-being because that that gets lost very easily. Um, there's a, an amazing breakfast burrito place right next to our office that tends to get a lot of my patronage uh, when when work is when work is busy because I can't be bothered walking an extra ten minutes to a you know a sweet green, and so um, you know little moments like that where work gets tough or, or life gets tough and you tend to succumb to old habits or you know decisions that aren't the healthiest for you can can add up and take effect on your body and so for me it's just like no like my health is really important keep coming back. What did you take from that time of being both, of being someone who was navigating hardship while also trying to be someone that was leading a, you know, a company, a business? Yeah, it wasn't easy. Uh, it wasn't easy. The, the lesson that I learned is that it's okay to be honest and tell people that you're struggling. It's okay to, to be really transparent and to, to acknowledge where you're at. Um, I think that the way that I handled it was to just compartmentalize what I was feeling emotionally and going through the grief and then just show up like nothing matters, you know, and um, people then think, yeah, nothing, maybe, maybe he, he's okay. Like he, he doesn't, he's not feeling the grief of his mother's loss. But uh, there was a period of time that people were genuinely thinking like, yeah, he's over it. And um my behavior was erratic at that point. Like, you know, I wasn't showing up to meetings and um, I wasn't present when I was in those meetings and people didn't really know the true story behind it because, you know, I kept on acting like nothing was wrong. But it was really amazing to see once I was open about what I was going through and I was depressed for a period of that time as well, how um, people really put their arms around me and there was a lot of compassion for me. So I think transparency and authenticity is really important. Yeah, I, I, I have a friend who at her company, her boss took a leave of absence and no one ever found out why the leave of absence occurred, right? And so it was challenging moving forward to navigate, you know, the scenario, not knowing and not saying that you have to share the inner and outer workings of everything in your personal life with everyone in your office, but just yeah. coming to the table with that authenticity and even acknowledging like, hey, I went through a really difficult time. It's something that I'm still going to be struggling with, but I like, this is how it is now. Right. And saying something like that, simply just acknowledging kind of like the elephant in the room, even that level of openness and authenticity can make such a major difference. A huge difference. Yeah. I think just telling people how you feel like, Hey, I'm really not feeling well right now because of this reason just gives people some, some insight into what you're going through. And I'm always really amazed at how compassionate people genuinely are the the person that could be the grumpiest person in the office or in your personal life um, has that seed of of caring and warmth within them and humanity in general I think really has that but we don't we distrust that for whatever reason uh, but in my experience especially over the last year just being really vulnerable um, elicits a, a vulnerable response. When you look back now on the last 365, what would you say is something that you are actually the most proud of yourself for? I'm proud that I didn't run away. <clears throat> there were a lot of instances um, 
in relationships as well as at work where I was really challenged and my innate response has always been to just shut down and run away. <laughs> and so um, if I get challenged, if I feel like it's too hard, I'm like, I'm, I'm out. And I really started to become aware of that this year. And instead of running away, I actually stepped up. You know, I really challenged myself to, to go into spaces that were uncomfortable, to be extremely vulnerable, to, to really trust myself. And that ability to stay in something when um, everything in our mind or maybe even in our bodies telling us to leave, uh, it, it felt like it's a new experience for me, you know, and um, it's been amazingly rewarding amazingly rewarding to to just have again the faith and the courage that there is something here worth fighting for how do you know when to choose right because i feel like we talk so much about listening to your gut and if your gut is telling you like i don't know if this is the right thing but then you found so much clarity and growth through not running away and sticking it out how do you know which direction to go in I think that the gut is, is what communicates first, you know, like we know emotions and feelings first really begin in the physical body. And then our mind uh, creates the narrative around what we're feeling. And often what I find is that it's a balancing act between both, right? Sometimes you can have a very physical, somatic, emotional response in the body, but the mind is very pragmatic at that, at that point. And so having a practice that enables you to have the clarity of thinking really helps. And so, um, you know, there were lots of decisions that I made in this year that I sat on for weeks. I sat on for weeks, if not months. There was one decision that took me four months to make. And I questioned it. I wrote it down. I journaled about it. I spoke to my therapist about it, spoke to my friends about it. I listened to my body. I meditated on it, all of these different things. And, um, and with this particular decision, at the end, uh, it was a leap of faith. It was it was a leap of faith. I'm like, does this feel like it's the right thing? And I and I thought through all these scenarios. I listened to my body, and then sometimes it is just a leap of faith. And uh, knowing that if it goes wrong, you're going to be okay. You have me on the edge of my seat here, like trying to hypothesize what the decision is. <laughs> <laughs> I won't I won't prod you. But when you think about 2023 and what's in store for you in the next 365, what excites you right now? Uh, I'm excited about being in person with people again. You know, I spent a lot of my last three years digitally, you know, with the pandemic and everything like that. Um, but over the last 12 months, we've been doing lots of in-person experiences and coming into contact with, you know, people that have been meditating with me for six years on the app and then, you know, hearing their stories and then, seeing how this practice changes them within the course of 15, 20 minutes and how their whole nervous system resets or how they've had a moment of realization has been so beautiful to see. But I'm, I'm also excited about the year ahead. There's going to be lots of new things, lots of challenges. And I don't think I've ever felt as balanced and as courageous as I do right now. And part of that is knowing that, you know, I've gone through so much the last 12 months and I've come out the other side and I know what I'm capable of and I know what uh, my capacity is and I know what my strengths are. So I feel, um, yeah, I just feel ready for whatever life throws at me. 
you mentioned being able to meet people IRL that have been practicing with you for some time now. Do you have a favorite story perhaps from the past year about either an in-person or virtual interaction that really left you with something special? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and I don't, I hope I don't sound like I'm conceited when I say this, but I hear it a lot because it's not me, it's generally the practice, right? This practice of breath work and meditation and music can be so transformative when you design it in a certain way. But um, there was one actually from last night. (laughs) I taught a (laughs) class. This, these, this, these two guys, actually a guy and a girl came up and they were like, hey, Minaj, I want to share with you something. I'm like, what? Um, so, you know, my friend, this girl, uh, she invited me to come to this class. Um, you know, I'd never done breath work before, but I was really curious about it. And I had a really big experience, like a lot of emotions and feelings kind of came up in that class. And I had a realization that, you know, my friend who brought me to class perhaps is more than just a friend. And I never even thought about it before. And then during the subsequent classes, they started coming every week. Um, they would have these big experiences. They would cry. Then they started holding hands together. And uh, yes, so they're like, yeah, I mean, I'm in love with this woman now. Like we're together. Um, and, you know, it was after that first class that really we, we bonded over like what our experience was like. And it was really beautiful because like a lot of it is like, holy shit, I unearthed all this trauma and, you know, I'd been heartbroken and I had this this realization. It was kind of nice to have the opposite where um, (laughs) you go through this really intense experience and you realize, you know, you love this random person that invited you to a class. So I thought that was really beautiful. I love that. That's such a good story. Now we're on for the rapid fire round. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Do you have a favorite movie of 22? Uh, Triangle of Sadness. Wow. You are the person. I. This is the last interview I'm doing in this series. Fastest answer about a movie. It seems that people don't watch as many movies anymore. Oh, I watch way too many. <laughs> <laughs> favorite meal you've had in 2022 could either be because the meal was outstanding or the company was just beyond excellent. Mm, yes. Uh, my mom had a tradition where every week she would invite all of her Sri Lankan friends to come to dinner and she would make this huge, you know, curry sort of, we'd make it a massive curry night and she was amazing at cooking it. And so when she passed I and I moved back to LA, I said, I'm going to keep that tradition up. And I'm, I wasn't much of a, a curry cook. I can cook a lot of other things, but not that. But I threw a little curry night which I started doing every month and I invited all my homies and we ate traditionally with our hands and um, the food was incredible. The company was incredible and they just felt that I was really um, connected to my mom when I was, when I was doing that. That's really, really beautiful. Okay. For someone who wants to start a meditation and or breathwork practice in 23, I'm sure you get this all the time. Give us a tip that they can implement to stick with it. Think big, start small is my tip. Think big as in why do I want to do this? And don't just do it because it's trending on Twitter or your friend told you to do it or, you know, doctors think it's good for you. Think about why for you it's really important. So it could be because I want to be a better, I want to be a a better boyfriend, girlfriend. I want to be a better 
lover. I want to be a better human. I want to be kinder to my community, whatever it is. That's the big part. And then the small part is like, how much are you willing to commit to it? And so people usually have grandiose ideas around, oh, I'm going to meditate every day for 30 minutes. And within two months, they fall off. So commit to doing five to 10 minutes every day. And this thing, which is literally underneath your nose, your breath, um, can really support you throughout your life. And you have to commit such a small amount of time that um, I'm sure, as you know, like when you do commit to that, you begin to understand your mind um, a lot better. And then that changes everything for you. You get to choose one word that you're going into 23 with. What Mm. is your word? Surrender. Ooh, good one. Expand. Yeah, I think, you know, uh, 2022 for me was a lot of resistance. It was a lot of fighting against things. Um, And I needed to do that. That was the year that I had to fight for what I really wanted. And in 2023, I just want to go with the flow a lot more. I want to trust that there is a, a grander plan out there for me. And I want to let go and I just want to see what happens if I surrender as much as I can to to what's in front of me. Okay, last question here. Right now, knowing what you know now, you have an opportunity to offer the menage at the beginning of the year a piece of advice. What would you tell him? (laughs) Nothing is forever. Uh, Everything changes. Be kind to yourself. Yeah, I think um, if you want me to expand on that, um, please. They're sent. I had a prevailing I, idea that um, a decision had to be forever, you know, whether it's a work decision or personal life decision. But the reality is, everything changes in our life. So feelings change, emotions change, people change, and remembering that just invites me to just let go a little bit you know to be a little kinder to myself and and not be so uh, hard on myself be kind i love it how uh if they're not doing so yet thank you so much for sitting down with me today how do the hurdlers follow along with you how do they keep up with you and open give us the details uh uh, you can follow along on instagram that's the only thing i think i invest a lot of way too much time into um (laughs) Follow me, just it's my name, Manaj Diaz. Uh, or you can follow Open as well. So um, Open's pretty easy to find on Instagram. Um, and I think that's really it. You can also join uh, one of our classes in LA, soon to be Miami, or um, practice with me on the app. Practice with you on the app. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 